I'm Rebecca Burpel, and this is SEO in 2023. Rebecca, what's your number one SEO tip for 2023? My number one tip for 2023 is to ensure that you are regularly monitoring your website so that you can look at its performance and its traffic. Because monitoring is really the key to finding those quick wins, to effectively firefighting when there's a problem, and really to developing a better strategy through data analysis. Okay, superb. So monitor your website, its performance, its traffic. Shall we drill into those areas? Um, so your, your, your website, what about your website do you have to monitor? Well, this is really where you get into it depends. So depending on what your website is and what its purpose is, you're going to be one you're going to want to look at different things. So for example, if you have an e-commerce website with a lot of variability in the products and their av availability, that's something that you would want to monitor to make sure that they are showing up in search, that the pages are directing correct people to the, direct, to the correct pages when they should. If you're a local shop, you want to make sure that you're in other places. If you have a really complex technological stack, uh, you might want to monitor page speed and server performance more than other sites would. So it's really going to depend on both industry and the type of website that you have. But in all cases, having sort of a daily or monthly or quarterly overview of what has changed and what could change really allows you then to make those small improvements rather than waiting for something to blow up. Understood, understood. So then I presume what you're doing is you're keeping a record of your historical data, what's changed. And then if you do have any change in the performance of your rankings, I guess, then you can perhaps tie that back to see if there's been any historical issues with the performance of your website. Is, is that what you're looking to do? Yeah, you can also see when there is a change in, say, rankings, you might notice that that's also a change in, say, page speed on how fast your server is responding. So it might be a server change that happened that your IT department put into place, but that you weren't necessarily aware could be a problem. So you catch that early on and solve the problem before it actually impacts the rest of your business performance. So, so let's maybe try and dive into some specific examples of changes in performance that have affected SEO in the past. So SEOs perhaps have an initial few areas to look at just to see if it's that area. So what are some typical areas of performance reduction that you've seen? Recently, or in the past couple of years, we've seen a lot about page speed, page speed updates. As far as e-commerce is concerned, often this is linked to how Google processes data and what their algorithms search for. So we've seen a lot about product reviews. Um, I know that there have been different changes regarding how your product reviews appear in search and whether or not they're taken into account. There's a lot of quality issues that Google takes into account today that have been less important in the past, uh, whether that's regarding duplicate content, whether that's regarding uh, user experience, so are you running into a lot of errors, 404s, missing pages. We can even talk about the helpful content update, which hasn't had a huge impact across the board yet, but might in the future. Um, so all of these things from EAT to basic website health, like is your server working properly, is your site providing the content that it says it has, contribute to whether or not Google thinks that that website should rank. And so those are things that you'd want to keep an eye on across the board. I know a couple sites that do almost daily monitoring uh, often news sites do daily monitoring as to whether a sample of recent articles 
register and search, and then they can dig in deeper if they see problems. So um, talking about 404s, what are some typical reasons why 404s happen? And how do you decide how to deal with 404s? Uh, Some of the reasons that you can end up with a 404 is often due to a link that is directing to an incorrect page. So that might be on your site, uh, that might be a link that's published elsewhere. So often you can change those links, but if they're published elsewhere, there's not a lot you can do. So one of the things that you commonly will want to put in place are redirects, to redirect the, that address to the correct content. I've seen plugins on WordPress that automatically 301 404s. Um, is that poor practice? Not necessarily. It depends where you're redirecting them to and what 404s you're redirecting. Uh, for example, if you've changed the slug, so the address of your WordPress content, having a plugin that automatically redirects the old address to the new address of that same content is great practice because then you don't have to do that manually each time. If whenever WordPress uh, sees a 404, you redirect that to your homepage, that on the other hand is not necessarily the best way to handle it. Okay, and sticking with performance for a second, if perhaps you've seen a significant decrease or increase, sorry, in the speed of a web page. What uh, are some typical reasons that that may happen? It's often due to the technology used to build that web page. So if you have reworked or used a different plugin to create how that information is served to the front end, to the client that's looking at that page, that can make a huge impact. For example, if you have a WordPress setup uh, with a lot of JavaScript behind it, you might find that uh, optimizing how you do that will make a large difference into how much information is transferred to the person looking at the page. And therefore, it can help really speed that page up. The advantage there is that often you'll see after doing some work, or sometimes just sort of randomly see a page that has improved in speed, has had an improvement in the traffic to it from search. That's one way if you're monitoring regularly to see that there are some opportunities to improve across the board. So you can actually take advantage of small improvements on your site to generalize them. And that usually has a much bigger effect. And getting into traffic. So a reduction in traffic doesn't necessarily tie back to poor page performance. Um, It could be for some other reason that Google decides to reduce your rankings. So what do you track and how do you ensure that um, you're tracking the right things so that when you do have a reduction in the traffic to a particular page or section of your website, you notice that as soon as possible? I think there are different things that I do and one of them is actually sort of breaking down a website into different parts because a decrease in traffic to a page that isn't essential to my SEO strategy or to my business strategy, I don't need to really be following that as much. But if I see a decrease in sections of the website that are very important to me, whether it's for SEO or for business, that's something I really want to look into. So I track traffic, I track position on keywords, but not all keywords across the board. I group those keywords into essentially the same type of groups, the type of keywords that are important for business, brand keywords, and other keywords I'm ranking for. So that will depend on what your site is and what your industry is. And then I also track technical issues, whether that's technical SEO, which can range from duplicate content or the 
to things like the 404s that we mentioned earlier, and to website health issues, which tend to be server-related or infrastructure-related. Now, you're also talking about quick wins as well. So what um, typical quick wins do many SEOs have an opportunity to, to gain in 2023? That's another it depends. We've seen a lot of possibilities where looking at a website, you realize that you have systematic errors. And making one correction then serves throughout time and serves the entire website. And so those are the sort of things that I find make a huge difference in an SEO strategy, being able to address systematic or immediate issues. So what would be, what would be an example of a systematic issue? I know some sites that have regularly de-indexed certain pages uh, because in their cycle of updates, there might be a, a tag that isn't removed by the product or the tech team. And so every time there's a new release of the site or something added to the site, they always have to then return and fix that problem. And often that'll, inter- that'll come into play significantly later when they go back to look at a specific page and why they're not getting traffic to it, rather than constant monitoring, which allows them to say, look, we saw we just had a release and here are the pages affected. And that starts to show the why and the reasons behind this type of systematic error. So instead of um, constantly going back and fixing the same old problems, obviously you want to build a, a better ongoing strategy through the data analysis that um, you're participating in. So um, how do you build a better strategy through data analysis? I think that's kind of the core of what SEO is about today. We have a lot of data. And the more that we look at what that data means, the cleaner that view is, the better tools we have to be able to find the why and the commonalities between some of the data. Like in the example that I just gave, instead of randomly having pages now and then that have an occasional problem, regularly looking at that data shows that it's correlated to something else, that it's correlated to website updates, that it's correlated to technical interventions or website updates. And that will allow you then, having a better view of your data allows you to build a strategy that is adapted to your website. You can see where the weaknesses are, where the strengths are. Um, If you have constant performance on, uh, for example, branded keywords, that might be something you want to push because you know you have a strong brand. And so that strategy of strengthening the brand and pushing it in certain markets is going to be different if you do see that strength. And if your data does not show that type of thing, then you're going to need to be a lot weaker, you're going to need to adapt your strategy in order to be able to do that. It also means that you're better able to convince the people that you need to work with. If you don't have data to back up a strategic decision, it's often just you in your own corner working on a small project. Whereas if you're able to show that it has a significant impact on business, if you are able to show that it has a significant impact on visibility through search, that allows you to push SEO projects more at a strategic level and to build those projects in a way that serves a business rather than trying to work against business goals. If you, through your data analysis, have identified consistent performance issues because of technical inefficiencies, how do you quantify the financial impact that that is actually having on the bottom line so you can take that and create a a better, more comprehensive business argument of why that needs to be changed? That is a super question. 
I think one of the best ways to do that is to look at the time saved uh, because you can easily quantify the time that it takes to correct those issues. The next step is also to look at improvements after that. And particularly when it's a recurring issue, you then are much, you, you can make a much more reliable benchmark as to what the negative state is and what the corrected state is and the difference between those. That's a good way to then show that there is ROI of making a final correction that might take more resources or more time to put into place. Well, you've shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive, something that SEOs shouldn't be doing in 2023? Well, we've just talked a little bit about data analysis. And I think the caution there is there is a lot of information and too much information can be counterproductive. Um, if you have too much detail or even potentially unreliable data. For, exist for example, let's make something up. You have one page that keeps shifting from position 43 to 45 um, in SEMrush on a really long tail keyword that you're not necessarily interested in ranking for. It might even be something contradictory like a snowshoes for women's size 8 rental in Hawaii in July. How much does it cost? That's not going to be a high volume search. That's not something that you want to be optimizing for. That's not something that you need to be tracking. So the idea of tracking every single possible data point is not something that you want to be doing, but it's really tempting. So leave those things alone and concentrate instead on areas where there is actually a business impact. Super. Okay, well, Rebecca Burbo is Product Marketing Manager at OnCrawl, and you can find her over at OnCrawl.com. Rebecca, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com.